Lord, I need to see your glory. God responds back to Moses. And he says that no man can see my glory and live. So, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to hide this the He said, I'm going to hide you in Jesus. Because the only way for you to see my glory is for you to be wrapped in robes of righteousness. The only way you can see my glory is to be wrapped in Jesus. The only way you can stand before me is to be hidden in Jesus. I'm going to hide you in the rock. Somebody shout, hide me, hide me, hide me, hide me. I want to be hidden in you, God. I want to be wrapped up in you, God. I want to be hidden in you. Hide me in your glory. And as he hides him in a rock, the Lord passes by him. And the Bible declares this. If you never read it, go and read it for yourself. He says that he passes by Moses and his hind parts passed him by. There's more glory in God's hind parts than you can handle. <laughs> There's more glory in the back of God than you can handle in the front of God. And when Moses came down from that mount, the Bible says that his face shone brightly. It was the Shekinah glory signifying that he had been in the presence of God. Can I tell you something today, beloved? It's hard for you to be in the presence and not have a sign of it. Some of you church folk, y'all are so stanky. You go out of this place in the Piccadilly and there's no sign or no residue of the presence of God in your life. People can't even tell you came out of church. There should be an evidence, a sign that you've been in the presence of God. Matter of fact, Peter betrayed Jesus, denied him three times. And the Bible says he encountered this one woman. She said, Peter, your speech betrays you. You sound like one of them. You sound like somebody who has been with Jesus. Just his voice betrayed him. There was an evident sign that he had been in the presence of Jesus. That his voice indicated where he had been. What's your speech like? Can people tell that you have been in the presence of God? Just when you open up your mouth, there should be a sign. And signs and wonders will follow them that believe. Would you clap your hands and give God some praise in this place? Oh, come on, do better than that. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lamb. You may be seated, but for a moment. Hallelujah. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Come on, somebody shout in this place. That was three of y'all. Let's just go ahead and wake everybody up now. Elevate! Okay. You should be up now. And just in case you fell asleep again, elevate! Hey, God. I know the first time was like, man, that was all right. I wish you'd do it again so I could be a part. I'm going to do it just one more time, just for you first time, just, just to indulge you, that's it. So when I shout out Elevate, you know what to do, right? Elevate! Amen. Bless the Lord. 
If you're here for the first, second, or reoccurring time, do me a favor. Go ahead and lift your hand in the air. Let me see you wave at me. Amen. Second and third. Amen. Come on. Give them a hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, you should have received the connect card. Uh, If you did not, go ahead and lift your hand at this moment. It's a blue card. Make sure you fill it out if you did not receive one. If you have received one, make sure you fill that out in its entirety. On the back of the card is a place for comments as well as prayer requests. We would love to hear from you uh, and be praying with you and for you. So fill that card out and drop it off to one of our sanctuary hosts if you would. A couple things before we jump into the word of God. If you have become a... I want to praise God and thank him because his word is true. (laughs) Come on. His word is true. He say, I will be your strength. That means he's going to support me, and I thank God for my husband. Oh, God. Yeah. God Come bless on, me with a good man. Yeah. <sighs> no matter what going on, he is there with me. Um, 40 years of being around each other, 35 years of marriage. That my means God. We, we took a little long time before we got married, but that's all right. <laughs> You know, I had some Church of God in Christ, all the people in all in my business and stuff like that. But I want to thank God today for who he is in my life. Um, testimony after testimony. Um, God blessed me in the last um, ministry that uh, Apostle uh, Keith provided for us when he talked about the crossing. Mm. Um just things that were happening in my life. And then he talked about an unnamed place. Hmm. Um, 2020 and 2021. Ooh, Jesus, I don't have a name for it. I don't have, uh, he took me in places that I'd never been before. Uh, the capacity as a helpmate to my husband when he was injured and couldn't care for himself. I'd never been there. Because I always had that man who took care of me. He was my support. So I want to tell you today, God is real yeah. in every area. Your emotions, he's real. He erases those and he gives you the power that you need to walk tall. Ah, when you fall and you injure your back, where they say you cannot physically work anymore, you cannot do anything God, it heightens your mind and you begin to think about other things. And then he begins to heal your body while you are thinking about things that he has for you to do in the kingdom. I want to encourage you guys today. Trust God in every area of your life. Even when it hurts, trust him. Yeah. Even when he tells you to do something, you're like, really? Me? Do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do it, you end up repenting because of your disobedience. Been there, 2021. I praise God for another opportunity to live for him, to trust him, and to encourage those to continue to walk in his, and look, look for the glory. Yeah. Wrapped up in Christ. Come on. And that's where I want to be, continue to be wrapped up in Christ. Thank you, guys. I love you. Praise God. Glory to God. Testimony. In order to have a testimony, you got to endure the test. If you hadn't gone through nothing, then you have nothing to shout about. How are you going to share something that you've never been through? Revelation says we have overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and by the word 
of our testimony. It has go, it's us going through the test that we can give God the glory. It's through the test that, the, watch this, the glory of God is revealed. How can you know God as a healer if you've never been sick? How, how can you declare that God is a provider if you never needed provision in your life? So you go through these things, watch this, to magnify the God you serve. So instead of complaining about the thing, you ought to celebrate the thing. Uh, you, you know, this, this is going to be probably too rich for some of y'all and too deep for some of y'all. But, but, but I, I, have, I have a propensity now in my walk with God is that when trouble come, I say, thank you, Jesus. You know, you know what that signifies to me when trouble comes in my life? It tells me. I don't know about you, but it tells me that God trusts me. Can God trust you with a problem? See, that's what the test is. Is God is coming in and saying, can, can I trust you that if I let you go through this situation, if this problem that you're experiencing right now, can I trust you with it that at the end of the result, when you come out of that thing, that you would give me the glory? Can, see, that's what trials and, and testimonies are. It's an opportunity for God to glorify. That's what it is. Is God steps in at that moment so he can be glorified. Question is, is can he trust you with a trial? Or when you come out of that thing, you'll say, man, I thank you for payday cash loan who gave me that money to get me out of this debt. Y'all cried. I thank Auntie Nim and and Paul Paul Nim who loaned me that money to to pay my, no, 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 no. Or you're going to give him the glory. Oh, you know, you see it on all kind of athletic platforms when they get on stage first thing. I want to thank my manager. I want to thank all my boys and my crew. And, and uh, I want to thank my mom and them. And they forget all about God. The one that gave them strength. The one that gave them power. The one that gave them ability. The one that gave them talent. They forgot all about him. Will you be able to stand in the midst of adversity and give God the glory. Let's go to work. Grab the book of Joel, chapter number three, verse number nine. Also grab the book of Isaiah, chapter number 42. <clears throat> Do me a favor while you're looking for those two passages of scripture where you stand to your feet. Isaiah chapter number 42. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're still looking, say, I'm looking. Waiting for me to put it on the screen and say, whoop, there it is. And there's a lot of whoops in the house. Hallelujah. All standing, if you're able, strengthen your body, all standing, all standing. And the reverence the reading of God's word. I feel his strength in this place. I feel his glory. God's about to do something mighty this morning. 
folks are. Broken hearts about to be healed. The rejected is going to feel the accepting love of God today. Feel adoption happening in the spirit. You've been aborted by biological loved ones, but God is adopting you in the spirit. I feel it happening. I hear the voices being silenced in your head. The voices that are contrary to the word of God and the will of God for your life. He's shedding the mouth of the adversary. Spirit of schizophrenia, we break your power now in the name of Jesus. Every voice that is not of the voice of God, be silenced now in the name of Jesus. God, fill our minds with your glory. Cover every nook and cranny. We, we bind the spirit that will come to snatch up our thoughts that we have placed in you thoughts of things that are lovely, things that are peaceable, things that are kind. We, 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 we lay hold and captivity of every high thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. We pull it down now in the name of Jesus. And every adversary at work, God, we, we break its power now. Every distraction now, we break its power now in the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. Every witch and warlock, we serve you notice this morning. Every cast spiller, every, every, every voodoo worker, every worker of white magic, we break your power now in the name of Jesus. Every word spoke, spoken, every word cursed that has been uttered to try to pull us away from the assignment of God, we break your power now in the name above every name. We stand firm on your word this morning, God. God, we give you glory. We stir up the atmosphere. Conducive for a move of you, God. Holy Spirit, have thy way in this place. Make every crooked pathway straight now in the name of Jesus. Every hindering spirit. Loose God's people now in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and worship him. Come on, worship him. Call down his glory. God, send down your fire. Consume and burn up everything, God. Every desire that is not of yours, send down your fire. Do it now, God. Purge us, cleanse us, wash us. Oh, do it now, God. We come to worship you, God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. God, we give you the glory. God, we give you the praise. To you alone, God, be honored. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. We lift that name of Jesus high. God, we lift your name. We lift your name in the name of Jesus. Higher. 
Come on, lift up your voices. Come on, lift up your voices. Come on, lift up your voices. Come on, confuse the enemy. Change ayah, change the frequency of the dial. The enemy has tuned into your frequency. Change the frequency. Come on, lift up your voice. Change the frequency. Hallelujah. Shackles are being loose now in the name of Jesus. No longer are you held bound. Free to worship. Free to worship. Free to worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where the worshipers at? Where the worshipers at? Where the worshipers at? Where are the worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth? Where are the worshipers at? The ones that will worship beyond the pain. Worship beyond the laws. Where are the worshipers at? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Isaiah chapter number 42. Stay right there, sir. And verse number 13. The Lord goes out as a mighty man. Like a man of war who stirs up his ear. He cries. He cries out loud and he shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. Uh, I, I got to say that again. The Lord goes out as a, as a mighty man. Like a man of war who stirs up his zeal. He cries out and he shouts aloud. And he shows himself mighty against his foes. Mighty is our God. Mighty is our God book of Joel says proclaim this among the nations consecrate for war stir up the mighty men stir up the mighty men stir up the mighty men can I say it to you in, in common day vernacular stir up the church come on stir up the church proclaim this to all the nations consecrate yourself for war and stir up the mighty men let all the men of war draw near and let them come up let them come up here it is beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears let the weak say I'm a warrior tell your neighbor I'm a warrior I'm a warrior come on declare that over yourself I'm a warrior I'm a warrior Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the mighty army being stirred up. 
awaken the sleeping giant, the warrior within, and prepare us for war. Prepare us for war. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout war time. Tell your neighbor it's war time. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God is calling forth the warrior. He's looking to wake up the warrior in you. Thank you, Father. A Roman general said, if you want peace, then you have to prepare for war. You cannot have peace unless you go through war. The two go hand in hand. You're going to have to war for your peace. You got to fight for your peace. With so much adversary and things coming at you, you got to fight for your peace. Peace of mind, peace in your home, peace in your soul. You got to fight. Tell your neighbor you got to fight. And God is preparing us, consecrating us. Watch this for war. Don't ever think that because you're in God that you won't have to battle for the things of God. There'll always be an adversary fighting. Fighting against you. War is no new thing. War has been a thing that has always existed. There's been wars in heavenly places long before you were even birthed in your mother's womb. There was wars going on. Wars. Satan took one third of the angels. Why? Because he was warring against God. I want to be just like God. There's a war going on. And today we see it even now. There's war in our streets. Young men are killing themselves. They're at war, turf against turf, gang against gang, wartime. But in order to have peace, we have to endure war. So you got to prepare yourself for war. General Toot said this, in peace we prepare for war, in war we prepare for peace. You always have to be in preparation mode. You always got to be ready. And while you're warring for peace, then you have to prepare for peace in the middle of war. So I want to talk real quickly from the subject, man of war. Warriors come out and play. Warriors come out and play. In 1979, there was a movie entitled The Warriors. And one of the taglines in the movie that is, have become so popular and common amongst even today's culture. Uh, Luther was his name. He came out to taunt the, the warriors in the street. And Luther would say, warriors, come out to play. He was taunting them, trying to pull them into battle. How often does Satan talk to you and try to pull you into battle? Ah, you know, you can get all sanctimonious all you want, but there's an adversary always taunting, trying to pull you into battle. Maybe in your marriage, words are being said that you never thought of being said. That's just Satan trying to pull you into battle. 
thoughts in your mind about how your life is compared to how you thought your life should be. You, you know, it's a war going on. Satan is trying to pull you into battle. Oh, I'm not where I ought to be in life. I should be so much further right now. Satan just taunting you, trying to pull you. Because watch this. If you don't have direction, then he will misdirect you. Y'all miss that. If you don't have direction from God, then Satan can easily misdirect you. And because you don't know where you're going or who you are, then Satan will give you a plan and a route to take. Trying to pull you into battle. It's war time. Scriptures tell us, praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. The praise team had no idea of my message, but they came and they camel uh, ready for war. They came in preparation, ready for war. I put my little camo hanky in my pocket. Why? Because it's war time. I came with my boots on because it's war time. Preparation for war. And God is training us, getting us ready. Watch this for battle. But we got to know there's schemes of the enemy. There's schemes of the enemy. There's ways that the enemy tried to trick us, bamboozle us, hoodwink us, lead us astray. There's schemes of the enemy. And if we don't know the schemes or the devices of the enemy, then we'll get tricked. Because you hear this, the scripture says that God doesn't want us ignorant of the schemes and the devices of the devil. Uh, ignorant means a lack of knowledge. He doesn't want you to have a lack of knowledge of the plans and the snares and the schemes of the enemy. God wants you to know how the enemy operates. God. You know, can we get this out of our conversation and our vernacular that God works in mysterious ways? Can we stop saying that? Y'all quiet. You know, God works in mysterious ways. God don't work in mysterious ways. He just works in ways that you don't know. God is not a mystery. Matter of fact, God wants you to know. That's why he gave you the Holy Ghost. So he can bring all things to remembrance. So that he can reveal the mysteries of God. But God is not mysterious. Mystic God. No, he's not. God wants you to know. Tell your neighbor he wants you to know. He wants you to know and know everything. Matter of fact, he said he gives you the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, you have the, the mind of God resting on the inside of you. And if you have the mind of Christ, then you know what God knows. Y'all, y'all don't want, I told you to be too deep for some of y'all. Because God wants you to know so you won't get tripped up by the devil. Some of you right now, you're tripping and stumbling over stuff is because the, uh, the devil has hoodwinked you. He has blinded you and you keep walking into the same traps and snares over and over again. And God says, didn't you learn from that last time? You, you know, he busts you aside the head the first time. Why are you going back the second time? Y'all know I'm speaking truth. You know, every time you go over there, you get high. <laughs> well, I'm quitting. I'm giving up for the new year. I ain't smoking no more. But you keep going around pooking him. 
And every time you get around pooking them, you break that resolution. Oh, man, I messed up. I'm going to start over again tomorrow. Then Pookie calling you, hey, man, we're getting high again today. You coming over? What time? I'll be there. God don't want you ignorant of the plans and the schemes of the enemy. Doesn't want you ignorant, so he wants you to know. Somebody shout, he wants you to know. So here's one of the schemes of the enemy. He, he uses word. He doesn't use it properly, but he uses word. Satan knows the word. He knows it better than most of us in this building. He knows it so well, he's able to manipulate the word and change the word. Watch this for his benefit. We, we, we see it uh, when Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, he, he is now being tempted of Satan. And the Bible says that uh, he tells Jesus, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, man should not eat of bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And then Satan now starts to use word against Jesus. Takes him to the mountaintop and says, if you jump from this mountain, the angels, God will cause the angels to not even cause you to dash your foot upon the, that's word. That's, he's giving them word. But he's twisting it for his purpose. Oh, you got to be careful. Because sometimes the enemy will come and give you word, but it's not really the word that God intends for your life. He may even give you word outside of the season of your life, and you'll think, man, this is God, and it's not God at all. Oh, you got to know his schemes. Word, he used the word. He used the word. He used the word in the garden with Adam and Eve. He used the word. He took what God said. He twisted it, but it was God's word, but he twisted it. He used word. Hear hear this statement. Watch this. Satan doesn't bring accusations. He asks questions. Okay. Talk to his apostle. He's not going to come and bring accusations against God because he can't. So what he does is he asks you questions so that you can bring accusations against God. Notice when he talks to Eve, he, he, he doesn't ask, he don't bring an accusation about God. He says, did God really say that? <laughs> he asked the question. Did God really say that? See, that's, that's how Satan works. He'll begin to probe you with questions. So that you can begin to question yourself and eventually you'll question God. Oh, y'all don't want to go there with me. Is this really God? Did God really tell me to join this church? (laughs) Y'all quiet. Did did God really tell me? And and now, now you're questioning even your membership in the body of Christ. That's how he does. He'll get you to answer questions and eventually out of that answering you begin to make accusations against the validity and the integrity of God that's one of his schemes words somebody shout words another one of his schemes watch this y'all don't know how you're gonna like this one but it's true he'll use worship (laughs) he'll use worship have you worshiping false idols 
have you in church, watch this, worshiping a man. Oh, let me tell truth in this place. <laughs> oh, apostle not preaching today. I'm going to come next week. Oh, sister so-and-so not singing today. I'm going to go home and I'll just watch it on live stream. That's man worship. Because your favorite preacher is not preaching, then you don't want to hear nobody preach. That's idolatry. If they're not playing your favorite song, you're going to sit down on your blessed beloved. That's idolatry. Tell your neighbor, let's make it plain. That's witchcraft. You're trying to manipulate a situation for your benefit. So, so, so he'll use worship in the house of God. Watch this to get you off track. He'll use worship in the house of God. He'll get you focused on these things so you won't really focus on the king. And you end up missing God. Use worship. Man. Here's another one. He'll use worrying. Have you all caught up on situations that's happening in you and around you and through you? Now you're worried about this, that, and the third. You're so worried about those things that you have moved from faith now to doubt. Because you're so focused on what's happening and the outcome and what's going on that you forget about the God who can bring you through what's going on. Then you begin to magnify that problem, and instead of going to God and telling God how big he is over your problem, you begin to go to God and tell God how big your problem is. Now you have this complaint session going on with God. God, I can't believe you got me going through all this stuff. Look how big, how messed my life is, and and all of this. (laughs) You know, you have that kid that cried, he just... Now we're in God's presence complaining about all that's going on. And instead of telling your problem how big your God is, you telling God how big your problem is. Got you worrying about stuff. Beloved, go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. Your worrying is not going to change the problem. You crying all night long is not going to change the problem. Go to sleep. Tell your neighbor, go to sleep. Go to sleep. I mean, it's, listen, your worry ain't going to change a thing. Go to sleep. Watch this. Trust God. So this is what uh, the, the adverse to that, the flip side to that. Those are the schemes of the enemy. But watch how God flips it. God says that I want to use word to fix your problem. Satan uses a scheme to try to get you off track, but I'm going to use word to get you back on track. I'm going to use what Satan tries to do to get you out of my presence, which is worship. I want you to use worship as a warfare weapon in order for you to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. And and instead of worrying, I want you walking in faith. I I, I, want to use faith instead of worrying. Because faith is the key principle. If I have faith, then I can make it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I got faith to walk through. 
You got to have faith to get to the other side. So God uses faith. But Satan wants to use worrying to get you off track. Can you hear me this morning? I told you Satan doesn't make accusations. He asks questions. That's, that's all he does. He wants to make questions uh, in your ears so that you can begin to eventually question God. So let's get into it. Ephesians chapter number 6. We know this well. I'm going to read through it and give you some key points before we get out of here. Ephesians chapter number 6. We'll begin in verse number 10. It says, finally. Tell your neighbor, finally. We finally got to this place. <laughs> finally. Now, as a preacher, finally doesn't mean the finale. (laughs) I got eight more closings to go. Hallelujah. So this finally is not the finale. Oh, man, he in his early today. No, I'm not. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, his mighty power. Put on the full arm of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. There it is. God doesn't want you ignorant of the schemes. He wants you might to stand in the power of his might. It goes on to say, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, watch this, stand. Stand firm then. Somebody shall stand firm. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Buckle around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. With which you can extinguish all the fiery or the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. Somebody shout take. Take the helmet of salvation. Amen. Which is the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Somebody shout take. Here's the thing. God gives us weapons for warfare. Just put on the full armor of God. So often in life we get up and we run out with part of the armor instead of the whole armor. And we're wondering why Satan is attacking in those areas of our lives is because we have missed some key components, the armor of God. We have left out some things and now we're getting attacked in those areas. Why? Because we have not girded ourselves up with the full armor of God. Now, as we go through some of these things, I'm going to try to rush through because we a little over. But watch this. You cannot win a battle against an enemy that you have not identified. How, how, how are you going to fight a foe that you haven't identified? Uh, so, so if you don't identify the enemy in your life and where he's attacking your life, then you cannot sure up yourself in that area. Okay, okay. If, if, if you have not identified that chocolate ice cream at 12 o'clock is an enemy to your belly, then you're going to try to eat that ice cream at 12 o'clock and you're going to have bubble guts in the morning. If you hadn't identified the people that you're hanging out with really don't have your best interests, then you're going to keep hanging out with them. And they're going to take advantage of you, misuse you, abuse you, use you up and spit you out and throw you away. 
And you're going to keep wondering why this keeps happening to me in life. Every relationship I get used and abused. Because you have not identified that enemy. You hadn't shored yourself up. You hadn't put the armor on in that area so you can attack that enemy in that area. Are you hearing me? In the book of Judges, the Bible declares that these are the nations the Lord left to test those Israelites who did not experience any war in Canaan. What God done, he, he left giants in the land so that the people would experience war. Watch this, to teach them how to fight. He wanted them to see the enemy so that the next time they see the enemy, they know who to fight. God's trying to point out to somebody today, your enemy. So the time, when it's time for war, you'll know who to battle. The the scripture we're going to see in a second, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So God is trying to get you to spiritually identify your enemy. So when it's time for war, you know who to fight, who to cut. Some of you pulling the sword on the wrong one. Some of you sticking and stabbing the wrong people. You're exiting the wrong people out of your life. Yeah, y'all. God's trying to get you to identify your enemy so when the war time comes, you'll know who to fight. Because you're not fighting the vessel, you're fighting what's inhabited in the vessel. You're fighting people, but there's really a spirit inside of that person that God wants you to do warfare with. But he's got to identify. He's got to get you to identify. Somebody shall show me. Yeah, show me, Lord. Watch this. If you play with the devil, then you'll get played by the devil. God's trying to get you to identify your playmates, that you're playing with the right people. But if you play with the devil, you'll get played by him. And God is saying it's wartime, but we got to be ready for war. We have to identify who the enemy is. The enemy is not blue or red, black, brown, or white. We have to identify the spirit that is at work. The the, the enemy is not Democrat, Republic. The the enemy is not the men in blue. The enemy is the spirit that's operating within. And we have to identify what the enemy is. So when wartime comes, there will be no casualties of war. We keep eating up our own people even in church. Oh, y'all quiet. You know the church is the only one that eat their wounded. When somebody slip, trip, fall, and stumble, then we just want to jump and pounce on them, excommunicate them out the church, put their names in lights. We eat our own people. The world is more forgiving than the church. Matter of fact, they cover their folk, their, their friends. No snitches, no stitches. I know you messed up, but I ain't going to tell on you. Matter of fact, I'll take the fall for you. That's how the street works. And when they come out, they put them right back in place. Man, you out of jail. Come on back in. Somebody in the body of Christ fall, we'd be like, oh, yeah, the devil. Okay. Stir up the warriors. Tell your neighbor, stir up the warriors. So here's some war strategies. Number one, spiritual conflict is inevitable. Spiritual conflict is inevitable. You're going to have to fight. Whether you want to fight or not, you're going to have to fight. Back in the hood when we were growing up and, and, and you know, we had jump-ins in my neighborhood. When we were little kids, the older kids would run us down and beat us up. And they, they would jump us in and make sure we were tough. And when there was a fight, whether you want to fight or not, if you showed up, you're still going to have to fight. 
Well, I don't want to fight. You're going to fight anyway. Somebody's going to hit you. You better hit them back. Y'all, amen. Some of y'all were born in the suburbs. Amen. I grew up in the slum in the ghettos. We fought every day. But if you showed up, you had to fight. Just being there, you had to fight. So, so here it is. Spiritual conflict is inevitable. So you're going to have to face spiritual warfare. You're going to have to be ready to fight. Watch this. It's inevitable, but watch this. Defeat is not. You're going to have to fight, but defeat is not inevitable because you have the victory. Somebody shout, I have the victory. We see in the text is in verse 13, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, watch this, stand. Somebody shout, I got the victory. You got the victory. Another strategy is that uh, God's strength is sufficient. You got to know that when you're going into warfare, that God's strength is enough. And you also have to know that your strength is not enough. Don't go into war in your own strength. You're going to get devoured of the enemy. God's strength is sufficient. That's all you need. David goes into war with Goliath and uh, Saul tries to fit David with his armor. And David says, this just don't fit me. This rag and rock is enough. God's strength is sufficient. This is all I need. It's all I need. I don't need your armor. I need the strength of God. In verse 10, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You got to be strong. Tell your neighbor, you got to be strong. Watch this. The devil is your enemy. His victims are not. You got to identify as you're preparing for war again, you got to know who your enemy is. It's not the victim or the vessel, it's the spirit inside the vessel. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark, dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That's who our enemy is. Tell your neighbor, that's who your enemy is. Another strategy is God's armor is effective. You got to know that his armor is effective. It's enough. He he says, put on the helmet, put on the breastplate, put on the belt, get the shoes that are shod for the preparation of peace, and then get the sword, get the shield. His weapons is enough. His armor is enough. It's all you need. Take your neighbor, that's all you need. That's all you need. That's That's all you need. So God's armor is effective and your best thinking is not. I don't care how smart you think you are, you're not smart enough. Come on, oh, finger neighbor for a second. Say, neighbor, you ain't smart enough. Talk to your neighbor, say, neighbor, you ain't smart enough. No, you ain't. You ain't smart enough. You don't have enough wisdom, enough knowledge to get through what you need to get through. God's ways are the best ways. Can you say amen? He says, stand firm then. That's what you need to do. Tell your neighbor you need to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Aristotle said this, we make war that we may live in peace. Make war that we may live in peace. And in my closing, watch this. As we're making ready for war, God says, put on the full armor. Grab the helmet of salvation. I need you to get your mind and your thoughts right. Most of the battles we're facing begins in our minds. So he says, put the helmet of salvation. Watch this. Salvation is completeness, wholeness, preservation. Salvation is Zoe, life. So he says, put on the helmet of salvation that your mind can be complete. I need your mind together. You ever heard the statement, get your mind right? Tell your neighbor, get your mind right. You got to get your mind right. So he said, put on the helmet of salvation. He said, grab the breastplate of righteousness. You got to guard your heart. You got to guard your heart. For out of your heart flows the abundance. Out of your heart flows the issues of like God says, guard your heart. Put on the breastplate. Then watch this. He says, put on the, on the belt. Now, the belt is, a, is an interesting piece. It's the truth. The, the belt in Roman, uh, in, in Roman set up in, in, in warrior, uh, what they do, they have this belt. This belt holds everything together. The belt holds the breastplate and the, 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 the loins, the, 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 the material used for your loins is held by the belt of truth. Everything is held up with the belt. You take the belt off, everything falls apart. What am I saying to you this morning? It's truth that holds you together. It's the truth of God's word that holds you. It's the truth. And then it says, and then have your feet shod with the preparation of peace. It comes from the gospel that as we're preparing for war, our earnest desire is to bring peace. It should be your earnest desire that you bring peace in every situation. Oh, yeah, I'm coming to fight, but I'm fighting to bring peace. I'm coming for war, but I'm, I'm fighting for peace. I'm not fighting just to fight. I have a purpose. Tell your neighbor you have to have a purpose. I'm coming to fight for peace. Then he says, grab the shield. Now, this is no dainty, small shield. The shield for Roman soldiers were four feet wide and six feet tall. Four feet wide and six feet tall. Somebody shout, that's a big shield. It's a big shield. Cora, come here. Brother Larry, come here. It's like I'm my first time here. You use me already? You said, Lord, use me. Here he is. He's using. Amen. So, so here it is. The shield of faith. It was big, four feet wide, six feet tall. Taller than all y'all. Tall enough to cover you. But it wasn't enough. The shield of faith was made so that when they hooked together, it created a barricade and a wall. The shield was fashioned in a way to where when they linked together, it was impenetrable. What am I saying to you? It's faith 
when you link your faith with another's faith and another's faith, where two or three are gathered, if two just touch and agree and ask of anything of the Lord, my Father which in heaven to give it, that's what happens when you link your shield of faith up with another shield of faith. Satan tries to keep you from linking up. Trying to keep you out of church because he knows if I can get Brother Larry out, then he can no longer link up. One put a thousand to flight, but it's not the thousand that takes him out. It's a thousand and one. You can handle a thousand, but you can't handle one over a thousand. It's the one thing that'll take you out. It's the one thing that trip you up. It's the one thing that'll get you. And Satan tries to keep you from linking up because he knows if you can connect your shield of faith with another shield of faith, then you can extinguish the fiery darts. What are the darts? You ain't good enough. You ain't pretty enough. You ain't smart enough. You ain't got enough. God ain't good enough. Extinguish all the fiery darts. And he tries to prevent you from connecting. Oh, but the last one is a a sword, which is the word of God. He says, next, grab this weapon, the sword. Now, some of you think a sword, a long, big blade, but really this sword was more like a dagger. You got your dagger? It was made for hand-to-hand combat. The Roman soldiers didn't carry a big, long sword. It was like a two-foot, three-foot sword. It was made for hand-to-hand combat in close proximity. So when the enemy comes, watch this. You can hand-to-hand combat the enemy. Because he's going to come real close. He's going to be in your bed. (laughs) He's going to be under your roof. He's going to be on your job. He's going to be driving home from church in the car, sitting in the passenger seat, or driving the car himself. That's why you got to have the sword for close to hand-to-hand combat with the word. Now, you can send the word, but the word is more effective when it's right there and you direct the word. <laughs> Y'all missed that. Oh, I'm just going to pray for them in my closet. No, you need to speak the word out loud to them. Somebody shout, it's war time. It's war time. And God is preparing us for war to make sure we're ready. To make sure we're ready. So this morning, I don't know where you are in life at this moment of life. But you've been in a battle. You've been fighting for your mind, fighting for your peace, fighting for your family, fighting for your health, fighting for the dreams and the hopes, fighting, 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 striving and fighting, but yet you have gained no ground. Fighting for your children, fighting for your destiny and your purpose in life, fighting to get past your old past ways and get past your reputation, fighting fighting God says it's time for war it's time for war you are not who they said you are 
you are not who they claim you to be. You are not the whisperings of the adversary that are speaking over your life. You are not that. You are who God created you to be. And the warfare in your mind ends today. You're going to move forward. And you're going to go back to places where you commonly go. But they won't see you as who who they once saw you as. Warfare ends today in your mind. You have been washed and purged and cleansed. You have cried out to God in repentance and forgiveness for all your wrongs. And now you're just asking God, can the people forgive me of my wrongs? The Lord says, that's not your job. That's his job. Just keep walking. Keep walking. Keep drawing closer. Keep drawing closer. Keep drawing closer. Keep drawing closer. Father, we bless you in this time of war. We prepare for war, but God, we thank you for peace. We thank you for war, but we also declare peace. You were made for life to live. And all those thoughts we bind now in Jesus' name. God removed him out of your life because he meant no good for your life. I'll talk to you later. God is doing the work. God is raising you up, Brian. The muzzle is coming off. There's so much word on the inside of you. So much word. Things God has shown you, He's calling you now to declare. And people think about your past life and all of those things. There'll be some who won't receive you because of that, and that's okay. God's going to use you to plant seeds. Going to use you to plant seeds. Can y'all bow y'all heads with me? I'll be remiss if I didn't give someone an opportunity. I know we're beyond time, but that's okay. They can come in and fit in wherever they are. Praise team, go ahead and get in place as we make way for the next service. If you're here today, and if you have not accepted Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins, today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Maybe you made some mistakes, you had some failures backslidden today is the day get it right get it right get it right today god is calling you into a fresh relationship with him today is your day i'm going to pray after which i'm going to ask you to make that decision father now in the name of jesus go ahead and let them in christian in the name of jesus Father, I pray, God, for every heart that is here, every ear at the sound of my voice, God, that you would speak to them clearly now in the name of Jesus. Let a decision be made today. If you're here today and that's you, you want to make a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, just slip your hand in there if that's you. Made some mistakes, but you're getting it right today if that's you. Slip your hand in there. I see you, ma'am. I believe there's others today who say, it's me today. I'm making a decision. I want to get it right before I get out of here. 
I need to be ready for war. I need to be ready for war. I need to be ready for war. And it begins with you coming into that right relationship with him. If that's you today, lift your hand. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. And God, we give you glory. If you're here today, you don't have a church home. God is calling you to connect. God sent you here this morning for this very reason. So that you can connect your shield of faith with our shield of faith. So we can help extinguish the fiery darts and the arrows that are coming your way. We're stronger together. We're better together. You can't do it alone by yourself. The devil is a liar. I don't need a church. I can sit at home and get the word by myself. Yes, you can. But the devil is standing at your door waiting to sift you as we. And you need. You need an advocate. You need somebody to stand with you. A person of accountability. If that's you today, you don't have a church home. If today you want to make Elevate Church your home. If that's you today, lift your hand. Thank you for I see you, sir. I see you. Any others to say, I see you, ma'am. Any others would say today is today. I'm connecting today. I'm making a connection today. Any others, if that's you, lift your hand in the air. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. If you're online today and that's you, just text the word JOIN to 225-361-2016. If you're online today, God, we bless you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Amen. And for those of you who are just coming in, maintain for the second service. Amen. For those of you from our 915 service, I still want to meet you and greet you. Shake your hand. So if you're here for the first, second, or even third time, meet me in the foyer on uh, completion and conclusion of our service. I speak blessings upon your life for our new family members, for those who have joined today. We celebrate you today. Amen. We say to you, elevate. Y'all weeks God bless you and keep you as my prayer. Amen. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just one day, Lord, I love you more than anything. Oh, waiting for it. Feel the atmosphere. Yeah. Feel the room with that, Alex. Yeah. Demons can't, they can't remain in the midst of true worship. So I don't know what stronghold is holding you now, but when worship goes, <laughs> then demons have to go. That's why Saul called for David to come. Whenever he had a troubling spirit, he would call for the psalmist to come. To open up in worship. So he can be at peace. Demons get uncomfortable in the midst of true worship. Yeah. Uh-huh. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Come on, where the worshipers at? There it is. Come on, feel it. Feel the room. Yeah. There it is. Come on, Taurus. 
come on. Come on, worship him. Come on, press in. Come on, press in. Don't, don't let this be just a usual church service. Come on, press in. Come on, get what you need. Come on, get what you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we worship you, Lord. Yeah. We worship you. Yeah, yeah. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound. Bones come alive. 
Dry bones come alive. Dry bones come alive. Dry bones come alive. Dry bones come alive. Dry bones, come alive. Dry, bones dry bones. Dry bones live. A mighty army. A mighty army. A mighty army. A mighty army. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a war going on. In There's the heavens. Hell yeah, both shot. You better fight. Mm. I don't have to fight if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. Victory shall be mine. Hallelujah. Victory shall be mine. Victory shall be mine. The glory belongs to him. Oh, yeah. The glory belongs to him. We're marching. Yeah. We're Hello. marching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory. Hallelujah. Onward, Christian soldier. <laughs> marching out to war. Jesus. Amen. Come on with a voice of triumph. Lift up your voice to the heavens. And give God some glory. Amen. Grab your Bibles. book of Joel chapter number 3 verse number 9 grab Isaiah chapter number 42 as well sound of a marching army sound of a marching army I can hear a sound I can hear a sound There were a nation that was coming after the children of Israel. And the Lord gave instructions. And based off that instructions, the enemy was coming after them. And the Bible says that that enemy that was coming after the children of Israel, they heard a sound on top of the mulberry trees. Like a mighty army. And when they heard that sound, they turned swords upon themselves. Watch this, because they heard a sound. They didn't even see the enemy. They didn't see those who they were pursuing after. They just heard a sound and were afraid of the sound. So when he was singing that, I heard, I can hear the sound of a marching army. And God is trying to resurrect. He's trying to revive the army of God. There's a sound coming. There's a sound coming. Question is, is are your ears open to hear the sound? Can you hear the sound? Can you hear the sound? If you can hear the sound, then watch this, then you can have the victory. If you can hear the sound, then you can have the victory. 
I know it's probably hard to believe and imagine. I'm getting into the word here in a second, but in my former days, I used to be an amateur boxer. And they would give you these instructions, obey my commands at all times. And when the sound of the bell rings, stop swinging. At the sound, stop swinging. Protect yourself at all times. Obey my instructions at all times. And when you hear the sound, cease. (laughs) What am I saying to you this morning? Is God saying this morning, obey my instructions. Protect yourself at all times. And when you hear the sound, stand still. Obey my instructions. When I give you a command, obey. When I give you an instruction, obey. Obey my commands. And protect yourself at all times. Put on the whole armor of God. Be ready in the day of adversity. Protect yourself. And when you hear the sound, stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, there was another thing in amateur boxing is, is that when you showed up to a fight, if there was no opponent for you to fight, you still had to get in the ring. But who am I fight? You're not getting in the ring to fight nobody. You're in the ring to declare your victory. Uh, that's all you got to do is show up, get in the ring, and be declared victorious. Can I say it to you this way? The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. You ain't got to fight when you show up. That's all you got to do is show up. You, you ain't got to lift a hand, a weapon, a sword. You just got to get in the ring. You just got to show up for your victory. And some of you today, you're sitting at home waiting for victory. And God says, get off of your blessed beloved and get in the ring. I just need you to show up. That's all I need you to do is show up. That's all I need you to do is show up. Tell your neighbor, just show up. That's all you got to do. And the victory is yours. That's all you got to do is show up. That's all you got to do is show up. Marcus, just show up. Just keep showing up. That's how you get victory. You don't win victory sitting at home. You don't win victory with your hands down. You're not going to be victorious in your marriage if you don't show up. You're not going to be victorious in your health and your finances. You're not going to be victorious in your ministry, on your job if you don't show up. That's all you got to do is show up. Tell your neighbor again, show up. I hope you're there by now. Joel chapter number 3, Isaiah chapter number 42. We're going to forego our faith declaration on today. If you have it, say, I have it. If you're still looking, say, I'm still looking. Amen, y'all doing good. Waiting for me to put it on the screen, say, whoop, there it is. Chad, not yet. It's not on the screen yet. No. Amen. It's coming, though. It's coming. We're going to start in Isaiah 42. Verse number 13, all standing for the reading of God's word. It's a tradition and an honor that we have to hear the reading of God's word. So we stand in reverence the reading of God's word. And in verse number 42 of Isaiah, I mean, verse number 13 of chapter number 42 in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a major prophet, not a minor prophet. He had a major assignment. Isaiah was a bad boy. He had to declare tough things to people who were stiff-necked and hard of listening and hard of learning. 
Isaiah had a, a very tough task. He, he had to declare some things that people didn't want to hear. He had to tell them about themselves of things that they didn't want to hear about themselves. Isaiah had a tough assignment. And in Isaiah chapter number 42, verse number 13, the word of the Lord declares, the Lord goes out like a mighty man, a mighty man, like a man of war. <laughs> he stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. That's our God. Somebody shout, that's our God. Yeah, I'm going to say it to you again. He, he goes out as a mighty man. He goes out like a man of war. He stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. And he shows himself mighty against his foes. Somebody shout, that's our God. The book of Joel declares to us in verse number 9 in chapter number 3. It says, proclaim this amongst the nations. Consecrate for war. Stir up the mighty men. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Stir up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. Declare it with some vigor. Shout, I'm a warrior. God is calling a warring people to go to war. God is calling us to be warriors. If you want peace, you have to prepare for war. Somebody shout, I want peace. Then tell your neighbor, get ready for war. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we declare, God, peace comes by war. So we're prepared, Lord God, to go to war to claim our peace in you, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Try to give you what I have in a short period of time. There's a general, the, the army in China, General Toots, he declared this thing. He said, in peace, prepare for war. In war, prepare for peace. In peace, prepare for war. But in wartime, you have to get ready for peace. It's in the preparation. Tell your neighbor, it's in the preparation. You got to prepare for war, and while you're in war, you have to prepare yourself for peace. So it's in the preparation. So in our short time, I want to talk to you from the topic, man of war. Warriors come out and play. God is calling up his people to be warriors. There was a movie back in 1979. It was entitled Warriors. It's a cult film now. It's very well known amongst an older generation. But in this movie, there were two gangs in Coney Island in New York, two gangs. One gang was called the Warriors. Another one was called the Warlords. And in this movie, the Warlords were calling out to battle the Warriors. And one of the characters in the movie, he was part of the Warlords. He was head of the Warlords. And he cried out to the, warlord, uh, to the, to the Warriors from the street. He said, Warriors! Come out and play. He was calling them into battle. He was taunting them, trying to get them to fight. Trying to provoke them to battle. I don't know who's here today where you've had thoughts in your head that has been provoking you to battle. Things that have been going on over and over in your head trying to cause you to go to battle. Watch this. Sometimes even in your own self. 
thoughts, thoughts that you are fighting and striving against yourself. You have thoughts of inferior uh, thoughts that you don't think that you are enough. Don't think that you're good enough, smart enough. And those thoughts are trying to pull you into warfare. Watch, sometimes even with your own self. You ever had those moments where you had conversations with yourself and you was losing? <laughs> Y'all ain't going to be honest up in here. <laughs> you battling in your mind and you not even winning the conversation and the conversation between you, yourself, and I. <laughs> See, that's Satan trying to pull you into warfare. Trying to pull you into warfare. He's trying to taunt you and try to pull you out of the things of God so he can pull you into the things of darkness. You know, conversations that you have in your head that, you know, if you go back, things will be better. If you go back to being the old you, uh, doing the old things and back to the old nature, then life will be okay. Oh, maybe y'all never been there before. You know, you know, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and then, you know, things just go all kaput. Things don't happen like you thought they should happen and, and things are not going the way that you wish they would happen. Watch this. And you in Christ. And you experience all holy hell. And the enemy will come in your mind and say, you know what? If you go back to doing what you used to do, life will be much, much simpler. Y'all won't tell on yourself, so I'll tell on me then. You know, when, when, when you're serving God and doing all of these things and, and, and things still aren't going right, and the enemy say, you know, you know, if you go back to the old you, I'll leave you alone. I, I won't bother you. you. You know, it was good then. You don't have to deal with all of this stuff and them. Oh, y'all missed that. You ain't got to deal with nobody, especially church folk. Balancing in your mind. And in the book of Psalms, the word of the Lord declares to us, praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my finger for battle. God is trying to prepare us for warfare to get us ready because there's a fight coming. Oh, yeah, I, I would even say that there's a fight going on right now. For some of you, it was a fight just to get here in the sanctuary. For some of you right now, it's a fight to remain in your seat because you want to get up and go. Uh, this, the enemy is plaguing your mind saying, you know, just go ahead and leave. You know, you got the worship. That's enough. You don't need the word. You can watch it later. For some of you right now, there's warfare going on in your mind telling you about all of the things that you have to do and could be doing. And all of these things trying to keep you from hearing the word of God to pull you away from God's presence so you can go and be somewhere else. There's a fight going on. There's warfare. Every day you get up, you got to get ready to fight. Every day it's a daily battle. That's why the Lord says that he renews mercy and grace every day. Watch, grace is empowerment. It empowers you every day. God gives you the grace to live another day. I don't understand this perverse generation. They're pulling triggers and taking lives. As though it's a video game to hit the reset button and start all over again. I, I, I don't get it, right? But, but, but here it is. God gives us grace to fight another day. Yeah, I'm just telling myself, when we were growing up, we fought with these. You lost today, but you live tomorrow to fight yet again. Oh, anybody ever took a, a beating? 
See, y'all just, y'all ain't being honest. Some of y'all just get whooped all the time. <laughs> you know, back, back in my hood, we would say, you ain't got no hands. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you ain't got no hands. <laughs> you ain't got no hands. You, you know what that means? That means you couldn't, you couldn't use these things, you know. You, you ain't got no hands. You know, and they beat you up, but at least you lived to fight another day. You lived to fight another day. You lived enough to learn from your mistakes. And your, you should have bobbed and weaved instead of ducking and dodge. You lived to learn to say, next time I get you, I'm a. <laughs> but God is preparing us for war. Because we got to fight every day. He renews his grace and mercy every day so we can be empowered to fight another day. But he has to teach our hands to do war and our fingers for battle. But we have to understand their schemes and plans and plots of the enemy. And the Bible wants us and warns us about not being ignorant of the schemes and devices of the enemy. God wants you to know. Somebody shout, he wants you to know. He wants you to know the plot, plans, and snares of the enemy. He wants you to know what the enemy is doing. Uh, the word of the Lord came again earlier where God is peeking into the, the enemy's bedroom. He's hearing their plans. And he wants to inform you what the enemy is doing. So watch this so that you will not be ill-informed, that you will be aware of the enemy's devices and his schemes. Because the enemy is looking to trip you up. You, you know, sometimes you hear you at the house and you hear this word, go to the store, and you think it's God, and you go to the store, and that X is working at the cash register. You're at the gas station, and your old dope man is pumping gas right next to you. Y'all. Those friends you used to get high with. That you done cut off long ago. Somehow found your number. Man, where you been at? We've been missing you. You was the life of the party. Y'all quiet. Satan is looking to trick you. And trap you. To get you to stumble. But God wants you aware of his schemes and his devices. So here's some of his schemes. Schemes of the enemy. Watch. You got to be careful. Follow me. One of the schemes is Satan will use word. He'll use word. Satan knows the word better than most of us in this place. I would say all of us. He knows the word. You know why? Because he lived eternally in the presence of the word till he got kicked out. But he knows the word. He just won't use the word properly. He'll twist it and mangle it and manipulate it for his own sake. Like some of y'all. You know how us good saints are. You know, saints are good people, but they just don't play fair. You know, they'll take the word and use the word to their benefit. You know, you get into an argument. You know what the word said. Yeah, I know what the word said. I just hope it applied to your life. Just apply it to your life. You know, judge, not least you be. I know, so stop judging. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what Satan does. He, he perverts and uses the word. Watch. He used the word. Watch. What Satan does is he doesn't bring an accusation against God. He comes to bring accusation against you so that you can bring accusation against God. So what he does is he don't come with the accusation. He come with questions. 
He's going to get you to question God enough to the point where now you go and question God and bring an accusation against God. Y'all remember in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve was in the garden? Satan came to Eve and watch this. He asked her a question. He didn't accuse God. He asked her a question. Watch this. So that she could begin to question the validity of God's word, the integrity of God, and the character of God. He asked her that question. Did God really say what he said? He's bringing an accusation of them on what they heard so they can go back and accuse God of not being who he said he was. He used word. He did the same thing with Jesus in the wilderness when he was tempted of 40 days and 40 nights. He comes to Jesus with the word. He first comes to Jesus. He said, watch this. Always a question. If you're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. It's a statement. Of question. You're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds off the mouth of God. He says, okay, then let's go to the mountaintop. And if you would jump from this mountain, he gives Jesus word. He says, if you jump from this mountain, then the angels would not allow you to dash your foot upon the rock. That's word. Satan gives word. So you got to be careful. Watch this of the word that you receive. Because sometimes the word that you receive may not be the word that God wants to deliver in your life. And sometimes Satan will come and give you a word, but he'll give you a word out of season. Ah, and then you'll go running with that word and you'll be out of season, not intended. Uh, God never intended for you to run with it now, but Satan gives it to you now. But yet you run with it now. and You're wondering, man, this is God. And you get to the end and boom, it's destruction. What? And then now you're saying, God, I thought I heard from you. I'm praying. God, God, I thought that was you, God. I don't know if y'all been there before. Running on a word. And that's what Satan would do. He'll give you a word out of season. To get you to run in that season so you can trip and stumble. So he'll give you a word. Watch this. This will mess you up. One of the schemes of the enemy is worship. <laughs> what you mean worship, apostle? One of the schemes of the enemy is worship. Watch this. Get you to worshiping false gods. He'll get you, watch this, even in the house of God while worship is going on. You're thinking you're worshiping God, but you're worshiping something else. Or someone else. Nay, shall I say. You come in and like, oh, I love when Pastor TJ sing, and then somebody else is singing like, I'm going home. That's called idolatry. Man worship. You come into the house of God and your favorite preacher is not in the pulpit and you say, oh, man, Lady T preaching today, I'm going home. And she will be the very one that God has placed and deposited a word in her belly for you and you will miss out because it's not in the right vessel of which you thought it was. Should be the very one that preached power and deliverance and, and freedom into your life. And you'll walk out the door on the power and the freedom that God intended for your life. All because it wasn't in the vessel in the package of which you wanted delivered it to you in. That's called idolatry. You're worshiping a man. I've seen it time and time again. People come in the door and they see who's preaching. They turn right back around. 
It's called idolatry. So he'll use worship, get you to worship a man. And steal your worship from God. Because you now worship a man. Watch this. The next scheme of the enemy is he'll use worrying. Get you to worry about stuff. Tell your neighbor, just go to sleep. I don't know why you're worried anyway. Your worry ain't going to change anything. What you up crying all night for? What that, what, what that going to do? You think you're going to move God because of your tears? <laughs> you ever caught one of those whippings where you just couldn't catch your breath? <laughs> pop, pop. <laughs> I don't know why I passed. Shut up, shut up. I give you something to cry for. You already give me something to cry about. I, I don't want nothing to cry about, mama. Don't give me nothing to cry about. I mean, if you're going to ask me, then at least give me the option not to get it. I mean, I'm just saying. But why are you up all night long, tossing and tolling all night long over an issue that your crying cannot resolve? It is not going to fix it. I don't care how much you cry. I don't care how much you snot in the nose. Any of those things is not going to fix the problem. Go to sleep. Because you know what rest and sleep signifies? Watch, y'all better hear me. I feel the Holy Ghost. It signifies trust. Woo! God, I trust you. I'm asleep in the midst of these den of lions. Y'all didn't talk about Daniel. That Daniel is sleeping in the lion's den. Matter of fact, one of them is his pillow. He ain't worried about nothing. You know why? Because he trusts God. When you go to sleep on your problem, you're saying, God, I trust you. When you go to sleep in the midst of that storm, you're saying, God, I trust you. When you're going to sleep in the middle of that sickness or disease, you're saying, God, I trust you. When you're going through that lack in poverty, you're saying, God, I trust you. When you're going through that troubled mind, chaos in your mind, you're saying, God, I trust you that you're going to fix this thing. I trust you. Rest and sleep equals trust. Amen. It signifies, God, I trust you. But Satan comes to bring worry in your life. So watch this, so that you won't trust God. And you'll miss God because you're worried about things. Now, here's what God does. God flips the script. God used word to get you out of your situation. Every answer to every problem that you have, there's an answer in the word. And God will use word to get you out of your problem. And then watch this. God will use worship as a warfare weapon to conquer your enemy. So Satan comes to imitate or emulate the things of God, twist it around for your destruction, but God takes it, twists and turns it around to your good. And instead of worrying, God says, I want you in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. God says, don't worry about the thing. Just faith the thing. Did y'all catch that? Faith it. Don't fake it till you make it. Faith it till you make it. Uh, Just faith it till you make it. And God says, have faith that this thing is going to turn around. It may not happen when you want it to happen, how you want it to happen, whoever you want it to happen, but it's going to happen. Just have faith. Tell your neighbor, just have faith. 
Got to have faith because watch this. Satan comes to play tricks on you. Again, Satan doesn't make accusation. He asks questions. So you got to be careful with the questions. When Satan comes and he asks those questions, you got to know how to respond. Can you say amen to that? So we're looking in the book of Ephesians chapter number six. I'm going to rest here for our, the remainder of our time, the last few minutes. But in Ephesians chapter number six, verse number 10 is where we begin. It says, finally, tell your neighbor, finally. I said this earlier. I'm going to say it to you. Finally does not mean finality. It doesn't mean like the end. And for a preacher, this is not the end of my sermon. I still have six more closings. Amen. Somebody shout finally. So he says, Paul says, finally, watch this, be strong. In other words, finally, it's not the end of a thing, but he says, finally, when you get to this point, finally, this is what you are to do. Did, did you catch that? He's not saying that it's over, but when you get to this point, finally, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to say that again. The struggle and the warfare is not over. Paul says, Finally, when you get to this place in the warfare, this is the instruction what you need to do. Y'all didn't catch it yet. Paul didn't say the battle is over. You don't have to fight no more. Finally, it's over with. No, he says, finally. In other words, you're at a place right now. And in this place, this is what I need you to do. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. When you get to this spot in the battle, I need you to be strong. Tell your neighbor, be strong. Paul Paul said, when you get to this place, be strong in the might of the Lord. Watch this. Don't do it in your might. Do it in God's might. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I need you to stand. He said, for our struggle is not flesh and blood against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, it's against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Somebody shout, stand. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when you, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. You know, in this passage of scripture, he says, stand four times. You know why? Because Satan is trying to knock your feet from up under you. You ever got hit in life so quick, just hit you in something, just fold you over? Satan trying to knock your legs from up under you. So God says, stand. Stand. He says that when the evil day comes, that's all you need to do is stand, that you may be able to stand your ground. And after that, you have done everything. Watch this. That's all you can do is stand. Paul, again, is giving these instructions. While you're in warfare, here's the instruction. Stand. When you get to this point, the battle's not over, but finally, this is what I need you to do. Come on, just stump your feet on the ground like that. He says, I want you to stand, and watch this, stand firm. I want you to stand firm on God's word. Don't waver from, just stand. Finally, after you get to this place, stand, stand. He says, stand firm. And then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, he says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. He goes on to say, in addition to all of this, you got all this stuff, but in addition to take up the shield of faith. 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know you have an adversary, right? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hear this. You cannot win a battle against an enemy you cannot identify. You cannot beat a foe that you have not identified. What am I saying to you today? You got to identify the enemy that's coming after you. You got to know why. There's a thing in recovery called triggers. There are places you go that trigger you to pull you back into that old you. Uh, There are some places, if you don't identify those places as triggers or traps, you're going to end up getting triggered or trapped. There are some places you just can't go because you ain't big enough, bad enough to handle it yet. Some, some of y'all can't go back to the old hood no more because it's a trigger and a trap. Some of you can't hang out with Pookie, Ray Ray, Nim, and, and, and Bobo Nim no more because they're a trigger and a trap. Tell your neighbor, don't fall for the trap. There's some clubs you can't go to. There's some liquor stores. Y'all quiet up in here. Some movies you can't watch. Some music you cannot listen to because it is a trigger and a trap. It's called nostalgia. You ever heard a song that brought you back? <laughs> and before you know it, you're like, ooh, wait. Ooh. It, it brings a flashback. It reminds you of that old boo. And you with the new boo. And you hear that song, you're like, ooh. Y'all telling on yourself right now. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the stanky leg in, in the church. And you're like, that song reminded me of something. Yeah. I was watching y'all doing worship. <laughs> there are triggers and traps. And you have to identify those triggers and traps. You got to identify those people that will pull you back. And then watch this, you got to identify the people who pull you up. (laughs) Y'all missed it. There are those who will pull you back into the old you, and there are those who will pull you up into the new you. So you got to identify, but you got to identify those who pull you back because they'll end up pulling you into a place that you shouldn't be. How you going to fight a foe that you have not yet identified? There's some things on the inside of you that you need to know about yourself. Mm, I'm going to say that. There's some things you need to reevaluate with yourself. You need to go home and get a microscope and look at yourself again. Why you get angry so fast? Why are you quick to cuss folk out? Y'all quiet up in this church. Why are you quick to give people the finger when they cut you off on the road? That's something on the inside of you that needs to be dealt with. You got to identify the trigger. Because if that triggered you, when you get with some people that are around you that you really love, you're going to get triggered and you're going to end up going off on them. Oh, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. There's something on the inside of you. There's a war going on. On the inside of you. And you got to be prepared for war. You got to get ready. Because every day you wake up, there's a battle going on. There's two wars going on inside of you, the, the, the war of light and the war of darkness. God is fighting to show light in your heart, and the enemy is fighting to expose darkness in your heart. Two wars. 
But you got to identify the enemy. Tell your neighbor, identify the enemy. Watch this. Even if the enemy is your inner me. Tell your neighbor, put yourself on the altar. (laughs) Book of Judges, the word of the Lord declares, these are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. Isn't it amazing? God left enemy in the land. Watch this. To teach them how to do warfare. God left giants in the land so that the children of Israel would know how to fight. Can I say something to you today? Don't be moved when you see the giants. That just means you're closer to your promised land than you thought. Whenever you see giants, that means you're close to your promise. Whenever you see giants, that means God is saying that, listen, you need to get ready for war because your promised land is at hand. And if you know how to fight now, then you can have what I have for you. And he was trying to teach them how to do war, to teach their hands how to do battle. Tell your neighbor, get ready for war. You got to get ready for war. You got to get ready for war. Watch this. If you play with the devil, then you get played by the devil. Tell your neighbor, don't play with the devil. You got to know these things as you're getting ready for war. There's war strategy. So I want to give you some war strategies and I'm closing. Here it is. The spiritual conflict is inevitable. That you cannot stop the fight. It's inevitable. You're going to have to fight. Whether you want to or not, you got to fight. Whether you can fight or not, you got to fight. We used to go out, and this was B.C. before Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. When we would go to the club and, you know, somebody would mess with one of our boys and amen, and they would get in a fight, you were expected to fight. Amen. I'm telling you, if I got in a fight and I looked over my shoulder and you just standing there, you're going to fight. You may not have fought in this fight, but when we get in the car, we're going to fight. Either that, you're going to be walking home, especially if I drove. Huh? You're going to sit up there and watch me get beat, and you're just going to sit up there and watch. <laughs> I don't care if I'm winning. You ain't jump in. Oh, well, we're going to fight. No, party, you can't roll with me. Y'all quiet up in here. <laughs> Maybe that's too much. I mean, I'm sorry. It was nostalgia. I got thrown back. I got had a flashback. Had a flashback. But no, you're going to fight. So the fight is inevitable. So when you show up to the fight, you better be ready to fight. As simple as that. Not, not only that, but uh, defeat is not inevitable. Just because the fight is inevitable, defeat is not inevitable. Why? Because the fight is not yours. It's the Lord's. So when you show up to the fight, you really don't have to fight. As I said, you just got to show up. Because defeat is not an option in the kingdom of God. Tell your neighbor, defeat is not an option. It's not even on the list. Defeat is not on the option. It's only victory. That's all you see. For I have overcome the world and you are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. There is no defeat in the kingdom of God. There is not an option. It's not a checkbox on there. Check A, B, C, or D. And D being defeat. No, it's not even on the list. It's only victory. That's all. It's not an option. Not only that, but watch. 
He says, therefore, put on the forearm of God so that when the day of the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. You know what the stand is? The stand is a posture of victory. You know, after an Olympic event, there's a stand. And that stand has first place, second place, and third place. And they stand on the platform. And where they stand denotes their place in victory. Now watch, whether they won first place or not, they still on the stand. And God says, listen, I don't care what's happening in your life. You may be feeling defeated right now. I just need you to stand. Because this stance is a stance of victory. So I just need you to stand. Tell your neighbor, just stand. Oh, I wish I had a church right there that would just stand in the midst of what they're going through. Had a church that will stand that no matter what problem they're facing right now, you just stand in it. That's all you got to do is just stand. Tell your neighbor, just stand. I know y'all scared. Look at y'all like, don't fall. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, just stand. So, so here's another strategy. God's strength is sufficient. God's strength is sufficient. God's strength is all you need. His strength is sufficient. His strength is sufficient. That's all you need is God's strength. He says, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. David is about to fight Goliath. And Saul said, here, take my armor and put my armor on. When you go to war, here's what you need. David tries on the armor and it just don't fit right. You know, there's some friends who try to give you godly advice that just don't fit right. You got to try it on. The Bible says that you bear spirit by spirit. So you, they'll come and they'll try to put their arm on you. Girl, this is what I did and I got out. I applied for food stamps. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is what I did. And they'll try to put their arm on you. Try to give you their way out. How they got out. How they got over. Now, don't dismiss a good testimony. But just because it's a testimony doesn't mean that it's a process which you have to use. Oh, I'm going to go do what she did and I'm going to get the same results. No, baby. God had a process for them and your process may be different. God's strength is sufficient. David said, I don't need your armor, Saul. I have a slingshot and a rock. That's good enough. Tell your neighbor that's good enough. Tell your neighbor that's all I need. That's all I need is a slingshot and a rock. Because God's strength is enough. And watch this. My strength is not. You don't have enough strength. You don't have enough smarts, enough know-how to get through what you're going through. You don't. Tell your neighbor you ain't smart enough. Oh, or think your other neighbor. They ain't away. Tell your other neighbor you ain't smart enough. You ain't smart enough to get through this journey of life that you're going through. You need God's strength to get through. You ain't smart enough. You ain't smart enough. He said, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. God's strength is enough. Tell your neighbor God's strength is enough. Here's another war strategy. The devil is my enemy and his victims are not what am i saying to you 
you're fighting a spiritual battle. You're fighting not the vessel, but what's inhabiting the vessel. You're, you're fighting the spirit in the person and not the person. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're fighting the spirit that's behind the person and not the person that's before you. You, you, you got to be careful because you'll end up fighting people and never really dealing with the spirit. And then you'll mess people up and you still got to deal with the spirit. Uh, you, you, you end up cutting up relationships and destroying people's lives, but yet the spirit still lives. And now you go on to the next relationship and you're wondering why you're still dealing with it is because you cut the person, but you didn't cut the spirit. Now that spirit is in somebody else and you're dealing with that thing all over again. You divorced this woman and now you got a new woman and the same spirit that you did not deal with back then is what you're dealing with now. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're fighting against powers and principalities and wickedness. It's a spiritual fight. Your fight is not against Republican and Democrat, red and blue, black and green and white. That's not your fight. You're fighting the spirit that lives within those things. And you got to deal with the spirit. Deal with the root of the thing. Because if you don't pull up the root, there will be fruit. And that fruit may not manifest right now, but it's going to pop up. You may not see the fruit right now, but give it a little time. It's going to pop up. You got to deal with the root. The devil is not my enemy. He says, put on the form of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. God wants you to know wants you to know the devil's schemes. Can I say this to you? God is not a mysterious God. God works in mysterious ways. No, he does not. He just works in ways that you don't know of. He is not a mystery. He has mysteries that he wants revealed to you, but God is not mysterious. God wants you to know him. And not only know him, but he wants you to know his ways. That's why he has given you the Holy Spirit to reveal all mysteries. Go read Ephesians. To reveal all mysteries unto you. You better read Ephesians that he reveal all mysteries unto you. God wants you to know everything. That's why he says, I don't want you ignorant of the devices of the devil. I want you to know. Watch this. God wants you to know so bad that he has given you the mind of Christ. So you can think like him. So if I think like God, then I can know what God knows. He wants you to say he wants me to know. Tell your neighbor he wants me to know. Yeah, he don't want you hoodwink, bamboozle, random mug, led astray. He don't want the enemy to come in and trip you up. He wants you to know. He wants you to know. Tell your neighbor he wants me to know. False struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Here's number four. Number four is God armor is effective. It's enough. It's enough. It's effective. And watch this. Your best thinking is not. His armor is enough and your best thinking is not enough. I don't care how smart you think you are. You're not smart enough. God's army is effective. It's effective. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. 
and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Hear this, it says the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the spirit of God. The spirit of God. Now, here's the whole armor of God. What I love, and I didn't say this in the 915 service, is every piece of the armor that God has placed or put in place is for frontal protection. And aerial protection. And land protection. But no back protection. Says, put on the helmet of salvation. I need you to cover your head. I need you to get your mind right. Tell your neighbor, get your mind right. You, you ever heard that statement before? You better get your mind right. You know when them kids stick their chest out at you? Boy, you better get your mind right. You better know real quick. Get your mind right. He, he says, put on the helmet of salvation so you can get your mind right. That you can have a renewance, a washing of your mind, a transfer. He wants you to get your mind right. So cover your mind. Cover your head. Then he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. That covers your chest. Tell your neighbor, guard your heart. Yeah, he wants you to guard your heart so that the issues of life that flows out of it, you won't flow out in emotion. Cover your chest. Cover your heart. Then he says, put on the belt of truth. Now, here's the thing. The belt of truth holds everything together. So when they got armored up, in Roman soldiers, they had this belt. This belt held every part together. What am I saying to you today? It's the truth that holds it together. Oh, you can either believe a dressed up lie or the naked truth. The, the choice is yours. But, but God says truth holds it all together. Truth holds it together. Without the belt, everything's fall apart. He says put on the belt to make sure that you're together. He says then watch this. Have your feet prepared that are sharp, the preparation of peace that comes from the gospel. Then it says, take the sword and the shield. The sword is the word of God. But he says, take the shield. Now watch this. In Roman regime, when the soldiers came out, their weapons and their tools that they used were very specific. The shield was not this little Tinachi. Y'all don't know Tinachi. I'm going to the country with y'all. It ain't tiny. Where my country folk at? Y'all left me hanging. You know Tinachi? Tinachi, Tinachi. Who knows Tinachi? Tinachi. It means tiny, small, friends. Tinachi, Tinachi. Tiny, little. It wasn't a Tinachi shield. The shield was four feet wide, six feet tall. A big old shield. So when they went to war, the shield was sometimes bigger than them. Four feet wide, six feet tall. Lucas, come here. Come on, come here. Come here, Malika. Destiny. He says, take up the shield of faith. And he uses this, this armor, watch. He says, the shield of faith, four foot wide, six feet tall. 
it was made to when they came against their enemies, they can lock their shields together to build a barricade or a wall. So when they would go to battle, they would say, link, link up. And they would come together and they would put all their shields together. Boom. Why? So the enemy couldn't penetrate. When the fiery darts came, it couldn't hit them. When the thoughts and the lies in their head tried to get them, couldn't get them. You're not good enough. You're stupid. You're dumb. You couldn't penetrate them. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. You don't have enough. Couldn't get to them. Now watch the shield of faith. They had to link it together. That's why Satan tries so hard to keep you from connecting. Because you can't connect your shield. That's all he got is you. If two come together and touch in agreement that whatever they ask in my name, my father, which is it? Y'all don't know the word. My father, which is in heaven. When I'm able to link my faith with another's faith, when I'm able to build a wall of faith, a shield of faith, then now the enemy cannot penetrate and Satan doesn't want this wall of faith. He says, now, take up the shield of faith that will extinguish the fiery darts. Amen. Baby girl, say, I want to be a part of that. That if you can have childlike faith, so it don't make a difference what type of warrior you are, you just got to have faith. Tell your neighbor, you just got to have faith. It, it don't make a difference how long you've been in the game. You in the game. That's all you need is faith. Matter of fact, he said if you have childlike faith, just faith like a child, some stuff can happen. Amen. So here it is. God is here to go get an iPad. Amen. He said, if we're going to do this thing, we're going to do it right, mama. Amen. If we going, we going. We ain't going back. Amen. Praise God. Take your neighbor, get ready for war. God is preparing us for war. And in this warfare battle, God wants you to link your faith up. Wants to link your faith up. That's why it's been a struggle for a lot of you for connecting with the church. It's not about the ministry or what happens there, what you like there, what you don't like there. It's a work of the enemy. Because he always going to point to you something that you don't like. Oh, I like the music, but I don't like this. Oh, I like the word, but I don't like the building. Oh, I like this, but they don't have two. And he always going to point something out. You know why? It's because he knows if he can keep you from getting. This is where the warfare is. Watch this in your relationships. To where now it hinders your relationship with God. Because you can't relate to people. You're having a hard time relating to God. And there's a warfare happening right now. And I don't know who you are in this place. But the battle ends today. It ends today. Today is a day of connectivity. Today is a day of connecting. Of building that shield of faith to where the enemy 
that the enemy cannot get through. Your head is covered. Your chest is covered. Your loins are covered. Your feet are covered. And watch this. I told you every piece covers the frontal part. You know what's covering your back? The Bible says God is your rear guard. It says God's got your back. He's your rear guard. God's got your back. Tell your neighbor, God's got your back. God's got you. don't need nothing to protect your back. God got your back. He's got your back. He's got your back. He's got your back. Now watch this. He's got your back because he never intended for you to go back. He never intended for you to retreat. Every piece of armor is frontal for the attack. In other words, he wants you to go forward in battle. He wants you to go forward. So you're trying to defend yourself from the enemy when you should be attacking the enemy. You running from the devil, you need to be running at the devil. Because you got the full armor. You got the full armor. You got the full armor. And the enemy cannot penetrate because you got the armor. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So today, you have to make war in order for you to live in peace. You have to make war to live in peace. If you're here today with your heads bowed, I don't know what it took for you to get here. I don't know what it takes even now for you to remain here in this moment. But this I do know, the Spirit of God is keeping you and holding you. The Spirit of God drew you to get here. He pulled you and tugged on you to get to this place. And Paul said, finally, you have made it to this place. I need you to stand. Finally, you have made it to this point. Stand. Whatever you're going through right now, you made some mistakes, you backslidden. Maybe you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day to stand. You've done some things wrong. We get it. We all have. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done it. God says in this moment, this is what I need you to do. I need you to stand. If that's you today, you made some mistakes. Today you're repenting of those mistakes. You're getting it right with the Lord. Today he says, just stand. If that's you today, stand to your feet all over the place. You're getting it right with the Lord. Stand, stand, stand. Do it now. I see you. Stand. I believe there's others. Stand. I see you, sir. There's others today. Stand, stand. Stand on the rock. Stand on this word. Man has no heaven or hell nor to give you. Just stand. Stand. He's here today to keep you and to cover you. But you got to stand. You got to stand. I don't know who else this is for today, but the Lord is he's calling you out today to stand. These brave warriors standing. You know why? It's because God's got their back. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you. You're covered. He's got you. You're covered. He's got you. You're covered. Who else today would say today is my day? I'm standing. I'm standing in victory. I'm standing in freedom. I'm standing in deliverance. I'm standing in liberty. I'm standing. I'm standing today. I'm standing. Anyone else? Anyone else? If you're here today, you don't have a church home and you felt the spirit of God tugging on you today to connect with Elevate Church, even those of you online. Today is your day to make connection. 
You don't have a church, but you need a church. If that's you today, you stand. And if those of you who are standing, lift your hand if you want to connect today. God is trying to connect you. You need a church home. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. And Lord, we give you the glory. Come on, all standing to your feet all over this place. And give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you would. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this moment and the time that we have in your presence. Today, we stand in you, God. We stand in you. Just like Moses been hidden in the cliff, God, we stand in you. We stand in you, God. We stand upon the rock, which is your word. We will not be moved nor shaken when the winds and the calves of life come to blow upon us. God, we're going to stand. 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 We're going to stand. And we're going to declare the works of the Lord. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, listen, before we get out of here today, if you are interested in being a part of our Kingdom Ambassadors Leadership Academy, amen. Bless the Lord. You can sign up today. Meet me after service on today for our Kingdom Ambassadors. Bring me to that slide if you don't mind, Nick. You can also scan the QR code. which. Amen.